Thank you for tuning in to Remodeling Mastery by Mark Richardson, brought to you by Surefire Local. For more advice, tips, and strategy on small business marketing, visit surefirelocal.com forward slash podcast. Hi, I'm Mark Richardson, and welcome to Remodeling Mastery. Remodeling Mastery is a podcast series that's designed to help you think about and reflect on your business. What I do is take different topics that I think are relevant, important things I see out in the industry that really will be able to help you, I think, improve and take your business to the next level. The topic I want to get into today is a little bit more indirect. It's a little bit more personal, but I think has a tremendous effect on your health and success in the business. And it's talking about stress the stress within the business, and certainly your stress. I oftentimes, as a speaker, ask audiences, are you feeling a lot of stress? You know, are you overwhelmed? Are you juggling so many balls that you feel like you're a little bit out of control? And the reality is that today more than ever, I think people are feeling a higher degree of stress than ever before. Even though I think, for the most part, times are quite positive in terms of remodeling activity, the level of overwhelm that exists, I think, is really quite great. I actually started to think about this subject back in the early 90s, and I had a radio show, and occasionally I used to bring a psychologist on to talk about what it's like to live through, from a homeowner's perspective, uh, a, a remodeling project. And it was interesting, the fellow used to talk about sort of anxiety and stress, and he talked about the overwhelm, overwhelm of the decisions. He talked about the fears, the fears of the unknown or making mistake. And all these things sort of cumulatively added up to a degree of stress that really made home remodeling and living through home remodeling quite stressful. So I reflected more on that and started to watch that within team members and certainly other colleagues in the industry. I really saw the effect of stress and the importance, quite frankly, of controlling stress. You know, if you really sort of drill in and try to be a little bit more a student of this subject and ask yourself, why is it really different? Why is it more stressful today, say, than it was 15 or 20 years ago? Harvard actually did an interesting study a few years ago, and they said in a recent three-year period of time, more products have been developed for home improvement than the last hundred years. And that really, really was an aha for me, in that if you sort of reflect back to 20, 30 years ago, for those that were around, you know, the amount of choices when it came to home improvement, what you needed to know in terms of home improvement, was really much, much different than it is today. Also today, you have, I think, the technologies. The technologies in terms of the internet has created, I think, a transparency that's created actually more stress, I think, for the professional, not less. Your homeowners, your clients today know more, in many cases, about the products than you do because of the internet. They know more about pricing than you do because of the internet. But they also even know more about you because of the level of transparency that's 
out there than oftentimes you. So you have to, I think, be on edge in terms of your reputation today. Homeowners also today, I think, have an expectation that's really, really much greater. They're experiencing, I think, many things when it comes to their home and their lives in terms of speed and expectation, same-day deliveries, access to information, access to products and services, access to reviews, all these kind of things they have access to immediately that creates, I think, the number of uh, a higher degree of stress. So I think with all of this, the same degree of stress, I think, layered coming maybe from the homeowner or coming from your team, I think is overlaid certainly on you as well. So the key to this is not so much does it exist or not, because at the end of the day, you're not going to crawl under a rock and say, okay, I'm just going to give up. There are some very specific techniques that I've certainly used for myself and certainly in coaching others, I think, that helps you with this. I'm going to walk you through five techniques. These are kind of simple. I would encourage you on this podcast, if you think these are valuable, maybe to listen to it again and jot down a few notes, or feel free to forward this to someone that you feel is a little bit stressed out and might benefit from some of these techniques. The first one is my positive and negative list. About once a month, uh, I do a list, a list of all the positive things and all the negative things in my life. I was actually shared this technique quite a few years ago from a friend, and they said, you know, it's really interesting how it makes you feel after you do this little exercise. The exercise only takes about five minutes to do. You do a brain dump of all the positive things, and these are personal and professional things, whether they're related to financial, whether related to your family, whether related to design, your work, or whatever it happens to be, innovation, whatever those things are that are just sort of words that describe the positive things in your life, Then all the negative things could be negative relative to an issue or challenge that you're having or a a pain that you're having, that kind of thing. What I find interesting with the exercise is really this. Whenever I do it, whenever I coach others to do it, almost all the time the list of positives are substantially greater than the list of negatives. In my case, I usually have a list of somewhere between 10 and 15 positives and usually one to three negatives. And the reason that this is helpful as a stress sort of relief is that all of a sudden you're looking at this list and you're saying, wow, I need to get over myself. I need to realize this one or two little things that is pulling me down should not affect all the positive things. So number two. A big, big stress reliever, I think, for many, and obviously I've written, I've talked about this subject so much, is time mastery and managing your time and planning your day, then working your day rather than just reacting. You know, the planning process, just like it is with a remodeling project or anything else, is so critical so that you can think more clearly, you can make sure that you're hitting the milestones, but you need to do that same exercise for yourself. Many people think a to-do list is a plan. It's not. It's a to-do list. It's no different than if you're building a deck 
One of the items is build deck. It's just something that you're going to do. It's not a flow chart. It's not a material list. It's not a detail hour by hour, blow by blow of what the expectation is by the end of the day. I think when it comes to planning, if you can develop the discipline to create a daily plan for yourself, then work the plan and monitor it throughout the day, you're going to find your stress level starts to go down. It's going to take a little bit of time, but it's going to go down. Now, I've developed some time mastery uh, techniques. I've developed some time mastery podcasts that you're certainly welcome to, workbooks, those kind of things. You're certainly welcome to have access to that if, if you think it would help. Number three, which sort of relates to the planning, but it's a little bit more specific, and that is if you want to reduce stress, reduce the amount of reactive activity. Now, I've actually studied this and asked literally thousands of people the question, what percentage of your day is proactive that you control versus reactive that others control? Generally speaking, the ideal place for most people to be is about 80% proactive and 20% reactive. Now, this is going to vary a little bit depending on your role, but if you're involved in sales or you're involved in leadership or you're involved in production, that's generally where you want to try to get to. Now, the key to getting there is focusing on the sources of reactive activity. Now, there are three primary sources that, at least from what I've studied, represent probably two-thirds or more of the reactive activity. One of them is your clients. Two of the second is your coworkers or your, your your team members, and the three is your family. Now the techniques that you use sort of overlap between all of these three, but you've got to realize these are the primary three sources of the reactive activity. It's clients calling you with a little issue or a fire. It's thinking about something and then you drop something to react to what their question or the issue is. It's a coworker that interrupts you because they've got a challenge or issue. All these things sort of add up. And if in fact you have a lot of these throughout your day, it creates a level of stress, I think that keeps you out of control. So let's just drill into a couple of the items here and I think it'll help you with some of the techniques. Number one is on your clients. Most people have a very defined number of clients. Clients that they're working with uh, in design or in sales, clients they're working with in production, or maybe clients they're working with in post-production or warranty. So try to quantify Monday morning the list of all these clients. So say, for example, you have 10 clients that fall into one of those three categories. So carve out 30 minutes Monday morning to proactively communicate to each one of those clients. In some cases, it might be just a hello, was thinking about you, hope you had a nice weekend. In other cases, it might be setting an appointment to talk about their project or their issue. In other cases, it might be proactively trying to get in their head a little bit of what they're thinking about that week when it comes to the project. Now, by Proactively communicating, what you're doing is shifting the level of control when it comes to that group of clients. And while you're not going to eliminate the reactivity, you're going to reduce it. 
dramatically. The second, I think, area that I can give you in terms of a tip, as I said, is your team or your coworkers. See, we tend to confuse, I think, dropping what you're doing and helping someone as being the most positive way. Truth of the matter is, oftentimes you're a little bit impatient in terms of how you're approaching someone's question. You're a little bit frustrated because they threw you off your game or whatever you're working on. So moving forward, as people interrupt you throughout the day, whether it's an email or whether it's a text or whether it's grabbing you and asking you a question, try to, rather than immediately reacting to their question, unless, of course, you're just sitting there, you have nothing to do, try to set a time a little bit later in the day that you're going to address their question. So if 11 o'clock someone interrupts you and they say, I have a question about the specification on this window, ask them, would it be okay, John, if I followed up with you at 1 o'clock on this where I've got a little bit of a block of time I can focus on it? One of three things are going to happen. They're going to say, yes, that would be fine. And they're going to set that 5, 10, 20 minutes, whatever it takes to focus on it then. B, no, it's a fire. I got to have it immediately. Or C, they're going to end up solving it themselves. So two-thirds of those are going to end up being vaporized or you're going to end up controlling. So the second technique, again, is focused, or third technique, is focused on shifting some of these reactive activities to proactive activities. The number four technique that I use for myself is questions. You know, if you don't know the answers, at least ask yourself some questions. And questions are pretty powerful things. So when it comes to feeling a little bit stressed and thinking about why am I feeling stressed, I oftentimes ask a series of questions that help me to see this stress sort of shift and vaporize. The first is, what's the worst thing that can happen in this situation? Nine times out of 10 or even 95 times out of 100, the worst thing that can happen is not that bad. So asking yourself that question and trying to identify if I don't necessarily get this right or if in fact this delivery is wrong or if in fact this happens, the worst thing that can happen is maybe I'm disappointed, the client's disappointed, but it's not an awful, awful thing. The second question um, is that uh, really I ask myself when I'm feeling a degree of stress and tension in terms of communication is I ask myself what is the most effective way, effective way to communicate this. One mistake I think people make, and oftentimes it's a result of emails, is they oftentimes lash out back and forth, and that just creates a level of stress. So what I want you to do, before you push the send button, I want you to say, is this the most effective way to communicate? Should I, for example, get out of my chair and walk across the hall? Should I send the person a note? Should I sort of tone it down and just suggest that we have a conversation about this rather than be stressful? And then third question I oftentimes ask myself, if I'm feeling anxiety and stress, is there someone I can talk to about this? You know, more times than not, just talking to someone else, not necessarily your, your boss or even a family member, but talking to someone else, it helps you to process and think through and vaporize some of the stress. 
The fifth technique I use is what I call my stress clouds. Now, this is more of a visual technique. I've written about this technique. I've talked about this technique. But I want to try to give it to you in this podcast because it really is a very powerful stress relief valve. I call it my stress clouds because what I do is I start to think about stress as being like clouds out there that block the sun from coming in. And so if you visually sort of draw a little stick person, and that's you, and then you start to draw those three to five to seven stress clouds out there in your life, you can start to realize if there's a whole bunch of those, they're going to block the sun from coming in, and it's not going to make it a real happy day. So what you need to do is identify what those clouds are. It could be overwhelm of a project, a deadline. It could be a closing of something. It could be a fire. It could be an issue with a particular personal relationship or professional relationship. Whatever those things are, try to identify what they are. Then what I generally do is I'll make a list of usually one to three action items for each one of those that I believe will help to reduce or vaporize that cloud a bit. By writing down those, then I can incorporate those into my daily and weekly plan. Just by the act of moving something to something I can control immediately affects how I'm feeling and the level of stress. So I want to thank everybody certainly for taking the time and listening to this particular subject and podcast. You know, it happens to be one of these things, quite frankly, a little bit softer, not about business strategy or closing techniques or the remodeling environment. But it is a really, really important topic. And I encourage you, if you have challenges to this issue, try to go back to some of the other podcasts that I've done that relate to mastery of time and success habits and some of those things that help you, I think, take your game to the next level. Take care, everyone. Remodeling Mastery by Mark Richardson was created to help business owners like you grow your business. Learn something new today? Let us know by tweeting at Surefire Local. For more podcasts, visit surefirelocal.com forward slash podcast.